Layer by layer, day by day, the world, our markets, and your life unfold. Welcome to the Laminate Money Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring our world, the financial markets, and what it takes to build a great financial life. Both Tom Statham and Jacob Bradkey work for Fiel Capital, and all opinions expressed by Tom and Jacob or any podcast guest are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of Fiel Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Tom and Jacob are registered representatives of Sanctuary Securities and investment advisor representatives of Sanctuary Advisors. Fiel Capital is a DBA of Sanctuary Securities and Sanctuary Advisors. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Laminate Money Podcast. With me, as usual, the usual suspects, Carissa, Director of Product Marketing, and Jacob, Capital Markets Analyst. If you're new to the show, my name's Tom Statham. I'm the CEO and founder of Fiel Capital. So here we go. Another episode. Yeah. It's going to be good. So what are we talking about today, Tom? Well, we've got a little bit of a new show structure um, that we're going to roll through. Uh, just a forewarning. So if you have listened, this is going to be a little bit different, but we are uh, currently as um, maybe a lot of podcasters won't necessarily share this, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. I've watched about 12 <laughs> YouTube videos at this point in the last week on like how behind the scenes podcasts work. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot to, a lot to podcasting. So we're going to be uh, testing a new show structure. Um, and as if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, we have some sound treatments. Um, Dan is actually producing the show right now. And uh, it's, if it sounds better, we hope it sounds better. <laughs> we really worked, hope it sounds better. I worked a lot over the weekend. I, I put in like, uh, gosh, I don't know, easily 10 hours into this project. Yep. So. While Chris and I was just partying away. Yes. Dang it. All right. Well, here we go. Let's talk about the week. So uh, the good, the bad, the comical, and the head scratcher of the week. So uh, let's be real on the good of the week right now. Uh, what a fantastic rally. Yeah. The month, well, and, and I guess the week was pretty good for like the Dow and energy and, and stuff like that in particular. But like month to date, the Dow is up 14.52%, S&P 8.9%, and the NASDAQ, which is tech heavy, which got hit. We'll talk about that. 5.02% for a month. That's yeah. extremely good. Yes, we're talking about um, potentially on the Dow, the best month since uh, 1976, I believe. Yep. Depends on how we close. Yep. So um, the- so for those who are wondering what a rally is, do you want to just explain that? I know that you just said that it went up, but... Yeah, we're talking... Yeah, a rally... Th- thank you. <laughs> um, a 14.25% rally. So that means the market, if you had $100 in the Dow a month ago, you'd have $114.52 in, in like 30 days. So 20 business days, that's, that's in, in like the math behind how much the, the, the compounding of interest that it's just incredible. So that's the good. Let's go to the bad. I love this one. So like if, if you guys have Twitter or watch and follow Twitter, you probably saw that Jim Cramer was crying on CNBC. Well, not exactly crying. I don't want to say that, but he was tearing up over his like metaverse play and how much he thought metaverse and meta was going to be over like the next 10 years. And boy, if, if he called that one wrong, because meta is down, I think 80% from its highs. I think it, it was at $1.1 trillion yeah, market trillion. cap. Yeah. And now it's 290 or something, which is the same that it was in 2015. But and then it's it's not outperformed the S and P anymore um, <laughs> since this IPO, which is staggering. So where um, where this came from, you know, Jim Cramer. I mean, he's got kind of a hard job creating as much content as he as he does. Um, but he yeah he came he he said uh, twenty twenty two was gonna uh, the metaverse was gonna be the top investment trend. Yep. Uh, okay, a- so can we talk about Meta for a little bit, the metaverse? Because um, we're gonna. 
the, the metaverse. So there, there's, okay, there. I'll just jump in there. So Facebook rebranded in 2021 in yeah. October. So it went from Facebook as a parent company to Meta, and that's just for they're trying to create the metaverse. Is that right? Is that am I understanding that right? So there's I'm going to split the metaverses into two places. So okay. there's augmented reality and virtual reality. So um, basically, these are econ or they're they're trying to build economies in a, a digital world. So um, Meta has has firmly planted their flag in virtual reality. So you, if you saw, you know, Zuckerberg, he, he went on and had his like the, their goggle things, and um, and then you had uh, Evan Spiegel, which is the, he, uh, who's the co-founder and CEO of Snapchat. You know, he came on last week after Meta's big disaster and was like, the last thing I want to do after a hard day of work is to go and to put some goggles on and like sit on my couch and hang out in the metaverse. So Snapchat is, they have firmly planted their flag in uh, augmented reality, which is like your phone, um, you know, like using your phone camera and seeing like Pokemon Go figures all over the place, for example, like that was the right. And like in like real, real life, right? In real yeah. life. Yeah. Yep. So, um, the metaverse, uh, the, you know, how I would just say it is, is there, there are digital economies. That's what people are trying to build. And there's two camps. Um, there's the actual, you know, virtual reality, which is literally virtual, full virtual, and then yeah. augmented reality. Um, if you were to ask me what camp I'm in, I'm probably in the augmented reality camp. Yeah, which is actually interesting. JP Morgan puts their like guide to the markets in augmented reality. You can hold your phone up and you can watch Dr. David Kelly like give a spiel. Yeah. Like in the room with you, basically. That's the concept of augmented reality. It's like you can watch a presenter in the same room as you through the lens of your phone, whereas like virtual reality, you put on a headset and you'd be sitting in the room with Dr. David Kelly. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like in a virtual room, not not of your own. Yes. Yeah. It's, so anyways, I didn't mean to derail, but I just think that, okay, so you're talking about Kramer. Yeah, there's, so maybe there's a reason why he took a bet on it, but okay, so why was he crying? Let's go back to what you're talking about. The the bad, I mean, yeah. he was, it was so bad. I mean, that was like, I mean, clearly to have him tear up on live camera on the trading floor. Which you almost question if that's not staged in some sense, because I yeah. mean, it's still on camera. There's still like a level of like, let's make this TV. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he was like, this is a, like, this is where you should put your money. And then if anyone put any, like any sort of blockchain uh, related publicly traded company, any sort of metaverse play um, has been, they've been the, I mean, quite literally this year, uh, they've been just money pits. So again, I think what's interesting about uh, the metaverse is it's theoretically infinite. And so that's one of the problems. So, so there's theoretically infinite amount of, um, you know, opportunity in, in an economy that knows no scale because it's digitally built. Like, you know, planet Earth, there's only so much oil, there's only so much air, there's only so much, you know, there, there's just finite amount of resources that doesn't really exist in, in the metaverse. But the, that, that also is the problem. It's like if there's infinite something, it's not very valuable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there's been, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars invested in the metaverse. And uh, up until this point, it's been... A uh, little bit of a fail. So, okay, the comical. Um, Elon Musk buys Twitter. Uh, excuse yep. me. Cl- he did buy. He closed on the Twitter deal. And uh, he fired three people, uh, three top executives, CEO, CFO. And he had to pay $200 million to do that. Which I actually just saw something this morning that he's trying to not have to pay the CFO 
and CEO and I think the p- policy guy or something. He's trying to get out of it because he had a rightful cause to fire them or something. Okay. I don't know if that'll go through, but the the, the fact still <laughs> remains that he, to fire the current standing CEO, he had to like, you know, shell out $50 million. It's kind of like, or more than that for the CEO. But yeah. Like, wow. All right. To fire people, you have to pay them. Yeah. Just- those monstrous are, um, dollars. Yeah, those are those are um, yeah, those are golden handcuffs right there. So if something goes wrong, you're gonna get paid. But um, I literally was laughing though last week. That's why I put that in there. Like, it was just is, like a this is so much money. This it was like is like a crazy. circus between like the beginning of the week, must to close deal by Friday. Elon Musk was tweeting a whole bunch about random crap, whatever. And then Thursday come around and he's like walking into Twitter headquarters with a sink. With a sink. And, you know, which obviously is the, the joke is like, let that sink in, you know, like let yep. the sink in, you know. What a guy. Yeah. Um, there's just, it's just too much. Sometimes I'm just like, it's too much. Yeah. It's like, what, but it's what hilarious. A, what's going on? All right. Head scratcher of the week. The GDP. Hands down the head scratcher because we had two consecutive negative like quarterly declines in, in real GDP. And then um what last thursday comes around it's 2.6 percent higher so what does that mean so i mean really that's just like are we in a technical recession yes no maybe i don't know how can you have like you know less than one percent contractions in gdp and then have a explosive 2.6 percent you know expansion like because the technical definition is just two quarterly declines in gdp yeah that's a recession that's like the technical definition of a recession and now we have this huge like boom out of it type of so that's why it's just weird it's like all right you would never you would never think it like that's 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 what was so odd about it and you know when we started talking about gdp numbers uh that probably would have been two weeks ago now um and it is halloween everyone happy halloween out yes. there um i will be uh, in an, i will be walking around our neighborhood uh being an inflatable hot dog this year yeah once i again. heard that uh kids will collect like seven thousand calories and candy today or something <laughs> and, and the parents will eat Ooh. them all yeah that's your, how it put works your, being uh, parented. reese's pieces in the freezer so the parents can steal them that's right yeah so anyways happy halloween out there um but uh yeah it was just like what that's gonna like we're having a like a big gdp increase if you talk to anyone who's not really following what's going on closely um, yeah, people would never, you, you would just want, you wouldn't guess that that that's actually what happened. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm missing. So I'm not like the finance person. I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah. So what's, what's the gap between, so yeah, just explain the like, to uh-huh. a lay, yeah, yeah. So like everyone, like we know that consumer sentiment statistically is bad, mm-hmm. right? So like people feel bad about what's going on. The news, you know, you can't go to a major news source right now and not hear something about a recession. Obviously, the midterm election is taking up a lot of uh, space right now in, in the news cycle, as it should. It's an important time to, um, you know, exercise our freedom to vote. But, um, yeah, so you had, like, recession, 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 recession. That's what everyone's known. Everyone looks at their account statements, and they're down, like, substantially. And then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we had a, we had a really good GDP number. Yeah. Interesting. So that's why it's the head scratcher of the week. Yeah, yeah. as you say, interesting. There's like that. It's they're, they're, just a head scratcher. So it literally just it. doesn't make sense. There's reasons why, which we're not going to go into why it yeah. why it happened, but in light of everything that's going on, 
it's just weird. Well, actually, okay. call us and we'll tell you why it happened. If you're that, if you're really interested, you can just give us a ring. Yeah, call Jacob, and then I'll I'll tell you exactly why it happened. <laughs> the other interesting, thing, and then we're gonna move on, is the Atlanta now GDP forecast or whatever says fourth quarter GDP is it's projected to be three point one percent. So, with that, more head scratchers in the future. Dang, here. interesting. Okay. All right, we're not going to go there. That, that, okay, you, you got my wheel spinning. Okay, let's do some rapid fire of what is going on. So when you think about the last week, uh, what are people um, What are people thinking? Uh, like, what's going on right now? All right, so big week. So la- last week was earnings season. You had all the big tech. That The only one that did well was Apple. Apple rallied 7%. Yep. But you had, like, capitulation in, like, Amazon. I mean, that was down 8, 18% after hours or 20%. Yeah. Obviously, Meta Meta platforms, formerly Facebook, was down twenty percent. Um, just bad. huge bad days. Yeah. Microsoft, I think, was down six or seven percent. Google was down seven percent. All these just massive names sold off like crazy. So yep. I think not because they had bad earnings, but it was because the outlook, the, the out, the outlook yeah. is a little gloomy. Yep, which is also part of the head scratcher. Part of the head scratcher. Um, but. Besides the point, you know, basically earnings season is upon us and it's looking like there's some sort of reversal in the chain. Like the things are changing where like we didn't see earnings contractions or like bad outlooks on earnings before so much. Now we're seeing it, especially in the big tech names, which is why the NASDAQ was only 5% on the month this month. Yeah. When you had more value oriented Dow stocks that were up, you know, 14 some percent. Yep. So that's, that's the discrepancy you say you see there is like Amazon didn't do good. Google didn't good do good or so good anyway. Anyway. This week we got like the Fed. The Fed's coming out almost, you know, almost guaranteed that they're going to have another seventy-five, 75 basis, basis points. Point. Um, so, you know, for, for context, it's point seven five percent is what they're going to raise their interest rate. So, I think that brings them up to three point seven five percent now, which the market's pretty much already so, priced that in. Yeah, and the 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 terminal rates right now. So, terminal being where the Fed wants to land is four, four and point, a half. Yeah, I think it's four point eight. Okay, yeah, so four four point five to okay. So, but the market doesn't think that they'll get there. Yes, basically. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, German CPI plus ten percent. Tough time in Europe. Yeah. Um, you know, again, well, this one's hard to this one's hard to uh, to shake. Uh, pending home sales fell ten percent in September. That is insane. Yep. Which, Just as insane as a fourteen percent increase in the market. Yeah. Um, that that is a massive drop. To wrap that into inflation, housing or shelter, the shelter component is the most watched one right now. So when the inflation report comes out and the markets sell off, it's probably because housing looked bad on this yeah. report. This boasts very well for that shelter component, which makes up like 60% of the CPI, yes. the, the inflation index. So that's there for us that says like, hey, here we go. Maybe like there is some sort of like evidence to show that like this is actually slowing down and the Fed can plateau, which is what the market is saying earlier yes. than what they really want or what they've been leading us on to believe that's why it's that's why it made news that's why it made news <laughs> that's why exactly. i mean obviously housing is so important um but but that's a huge component in in what's going on is housing yep and finally uh midterm elections so it's next week yeah yep we're um that that's certainly making news right now there's obviously that this feels like the uh the the peak of the punching match between candidates mm-hmm. um well let me tell you let me tell you a little bit of story as i was watching the vikings game on sunday why are all of the like ads, like political ads, just attack ads? Like this person's bad for these reasons, not why this person, why I'm good. It's why this person's bad. And then yeah. the next, the next, you know, commercial is reversal. Like the other candidate bashing. Yeah, I, I only my context is is the the walls Jensen race or whatever. Sure, yeah, because because that's pretty much. I mean, it, uh, yeah. what they care about right now. 
And so I'm, I, that just is mind boggling that like, there's no like, Hey, I'm going to be really good for Minnesota. It's only this guy's going to be really bad for Minnesota. And here's the reasons why, yeah. because he's done all these bad things. I don't like that. I would rather know why somebody's going to be good than why they're going to be bad. But so what they're know. doing is they're just, they're having a debate there. Yeah. It's like an ongoing debate in people's campaigns. I know what you mean, but yeah, it's just kind it's of icky. politics. It's I don't icky. like it. Would you guys mind sharing a little bit about what you guys talked about last week in the newsletter? Obviously, if you guys can't disclose that information, I understand. Yeah. But I thought that that was so interesting. Which as part? Far as, so you guys had mentioned um, just as far as how politics play into investing. Obviously, mm. we want to provide people with up-to-date information and what's going on. So the midterms are a big deal right now. So how should people view the midterms in regards to their investments. I think Tom's got a good story on this one. Yes. So a story um, that I always share about politics is uh, this would have been a couple years ago. Um, I was having a conversation. I had two back-to-back conversations, um, both people in Minnesota and both people had um, about the same uh, amount of money and, you know, affluent people definitely. And, uh, but they believed completely opposite things. So, um, first conversation I was talking to, uh, to this person and, you know, this person was just complaining about, uh, oh gosh, you know, if the Republicans win, da, 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 the, the economy, da, 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 da. Yep. And then literally right after that conversation, um, the, I, I got on the phone with somebody who wanted the Republicans to win and was like, oh, you know, if the Republicans win, I'm going to be, you know, I'm like, I'm really excited to invest, you know, along those yeah. lines. Yep. So uh, I, I cut out some information just to protect our clients' um, um, identities here. But the, the the moral of the story was, and, and I told the second guy, I was like, let me just tell you what happened. I was like, I just got off the phone with somebody who had a very identical um, portfolio to you, similar spending, like similar everything. And I was like, they they, they think the exact opposite of you. So I was like, if you sell, they're going to buy. Yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I was like, and uh, people, um, to some degree, they they, um, they they make the mistake of investing, you know, per their political views. And all we need to do, and then we're, we're, we're going to move on here, but all you simply need to do is just look at a chart from like the 1920s to now and see how many different combinations of Republican president, Democrat president, you know, whoever controls the Senate, whoever controls the House, like, you name like any sort of mixture and you look back over time and it's like the, it's like, yes, politics matter, right? Like policy matters. Like we just yeah. had a huge mistake in the UK when there's a mismatch between fiscal and monetary policy, like bad, like that was bad. So yes, this matters from um, overall when we zoom out though, um, you know, any combination, it doesn't really matter that much um, simply because, you know, people are still going to be buying iPhones. People are still going to be going to Starbucks maybe less. Um, you yeah. know, people are still, I was at Chipotle last night. Um, there's just, you know, the line was almost to the door. I was like, people are just like, people are still people. Yep. Fundamentally. So, um, we will probably get into more, um, maybe more next week. We can maybe take a deeper dive on that. Cause that is interesting stuff. Some of the, like some of the market history. Yeah. All right. Win of the week. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my hat in, um, you know, in the business community, just in our world last week, I'm going to tip my hat to, uh, to Apple. So yes, we have Microsoft. Um, well, Chris, you have your Apple laptop you're representing. Um, but Apple of all the big tech stocks, um, last week, they were the one, they were the one that just the only one, the only one. 
So I'm I'm uh, I'm the the win of the week to me is Apple. Way to go. Um, they're in in the show notes here. I just have their product roadmap is awesome. They are yes, and their uh, their services business. Um, and actually, while we're still on Meta, they basically are just like sprinkling salt in the wound yes. of like Zuckerberg's company because yes. what they did is they said in their new App Store rules that you know social media developers. Um, are now required to use the in-app purchases channel for post-boosting or yes. paid ads on your Apple devices. So if you are now going to boost your post on you know, Facebook on your phone, 30% of that revenue goes to Apple rather yep. than all of it goes to Facebook. So either Facebook has to raise its prices by 30% or they got to take a 30% revenue hit. Mm-hmm. Which or earnings hit, I guess. But Twitter and TikTok, they already use that channel, so yeah. it doesn't affect their business. But it affects Facebook's quite a bit. So the services business at Apple, they're just really like they've got their hands on these other companies, and because we all exist on Apple's products, they can do it. There's no like, like the developers don't really have a lot of like you can't do it. Otherwise, I'm going to switch only to Androids. Yeah, because they just don't have that power. Apple's, um, you know, they, they such as like a classic business. You know, they they built the iPhone. They acquired a huge group of users, and now they're monetizing it. Yep, and um, it's it's amazing. So again, uh, kudos to Apple for um, for just having a fantastic uh, fantastic quarter. And quick statistic: sixty two percent of the people that listen to this podcast listen on an iPhone. Yep. And the other, like 10% of them is on web. So I'm guessing that's like YouTube or, or something probably. like that. But like 62% and of the other people, it's probably still more. So I, my guess is like 80% listen yep. on an iPhone. Crazy. Yeah, iPhone, um, arguably one of the best businesses ever. Um, okay, so what went backwards in time? So uh, yeah, last week uh, there's a survey done that people now say they need 1.2 million to retire, that is up 20% from last year. So a little bit of a bummer there, um, thinking about just people, their futures, you know, what they think they need um, based off of uh, of just housing, you know, cars, just like, you know, groceries, the, the nuts and bolts of life, a 20% increase year over year. And uh, the sad thing is when you overlay what people think versus – whether they're on track for that, you know, at, at a large scale, the uh, the answer is there's yeah, people are lots and lots and lots of people are not going to be there. So a little bit of a bummer that retirement um, is is um, it, it's just a huge problem. And what I will tell the listeners, because again, our our listener base definitely skews to the younger side. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with lots of people over uh, my almost ten years doing this. Um, it is really hard to have a tight retirement. Yeah. Like when money is tight in retirement, you know, it's a different feeling than money is tight when you're working because you know you can work more, you know you can do this. Um, I was at Joanne Fabrics over the weekend, you know, building this stuff behind me. And there had to have been like an 83-year-old woman, 80 to 85-year-old woman working. And I, you know, I just had to think, my like, gosh, what what happened in that situation, you know, where she's on her feet, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure she like she's I'm sure she loves sewing and, and whatever. But uh, again, you know, on her feet all day working. And um, yeah, so the, the, just a little bit of a, you know, from somebody who's seen lots and lots, hundreds of uh, f- financial lives. It is it is really challenging. It is a different type of hard to uh, to have money tight 
in retirement. So anyways, do what you can to, uh, to, to stack some wins in your financial life and, uh, yeah. And, and just save. Yeah. I've, I've got a great video on that that we'll look, put in the show notes. Okay. Something that I was going to say is I was at the gym and somebody that I know well was like, Krista, I'm so stressed. And then she just told me about her finances. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think she knows that I work in finance. You're and just then too I trusting. Just, yeah. Well, I just Krista really care has, about you, people. You have just so many conversations, like literally daily. People just open yeah. up to you. Yeah. And I see why. You're awesome. Like, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Anyways, so then she was telling me about all of the stressors that she had, and she's about to retire. So then I was like, just give us a call. And like, if people are listening and they're super stressed out because things have been terrible this past year, like, give us a call for yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah, we, we love, love, love to help people out because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we've got we've got reference points that other people just don't have. Um, yeah. And it's and again, it's like it's it's tough to be tight in retirement. Um, there's no way to put it. So. All right, Chris, a gorilla with some uh, gorillas with some uh, gorillas with some questions here. OK, so softening demand. Let's define that. What does that mean? OK, do you want to take this one or should I take it? I mean, I can I can take it. This will be like a, a one sentence. Yep. Um, softening demand. You're not spending as much. If people, people aren't wanting to buy stuff, the demand is softening. Soft, okay. Softening, yeah. And then recession, what does that mean? Like there's the technical term and then there's the like... The real term? Yes. <laughs> the I'll take this one. Recession is, um, is confusing. Uh, I would say a lot of people think we're in a recession. They're probably right. We don't, you don't know you're in a recession until after the fact. Um, I would say like for you and I and for our listeners, there's like the macro recession, whatever, which we've already defined. Um, recession is really a feeling, you know, it's like, oh, this is bad. And and you change your consumption habits and you you change your consumption habits based, based off of that is kind of like what a recession is. And there's like different levels of recession. Um, uh, Josh Brown, uh, CEO of Riddles Wealth Management, he was like, it's not a recession until people start losing their jobs. So there's different levels of recessions. I would say it's a feeling, um, you know, that leads to a change in behavior and, uh, collectively as a society, you know, when that happens, um, that would be, you know, that, that leads us straight into a recession. And so, it can go eight layers deep. It can go very yeah. deep. We can, yeah. we can get very deep into what a recession is. But anyway, we and, won't do that. And then a recession is different from a depression, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Significantly? Yeah. A deep, yeah we, I mean, if the, if the Fed didn't do what they did in COVID, we 100% would have gotten into a depression. So when we were, you know, when Dan and I were, you know, just, you know, March, you know, March 20. The mark, the market bottom, March twenty third. Um, the question we were, you know, we were looking. The the thing we were studying when the market was down thirty five percent is what if the market goes down another thirty five percent? You know, based off of just the complete freezing of the economy. So thankfully, the exact opposite happened. Is everyone made their money back mostly by. August, you know, it, it kind of depends, but that would be a depress. Like we would have had a depression. Um, there, there's only been a handful of them. The last depression, of course, was the Great Depression. Um, even the financial crisis wasn't considered that. Yep. And inflation is way better than deflation. Yeah, that's kind of another weird one. Yeah, I guess to an extent, like I guess moderately, very small, small, small deflation is a lot better than outrageously like hyperinflation, but. 
and I'm we won't get into that. But. I'm going to explain this quickly because yeah. um, it's kind of weird. So if you know prices are inflating for big purchases, you have you, you you typically you want to buy them now. What happens in deflation? This is actually happening in the used car market right now. Is if you know the car that you want to buy is going to be worth less because of deflation a month from now. Well, if you're going to spend $45,000 on a car and you're like, oh, yeah, I can save $2,000 by just waiting, you just wait. <laughs> you just wait. And then, like, and then the next one comes around and you're like, well, I can still wait. Well, I can still wait. So then yeah. what happens there is like there's this cycle of everyone just saying, let's oh, just yeah, wait. I'll just wait. Yeah. And this is for big purchases. Obviously, like if you got to buy milk, you got to buy milk. Um, but when, when again, when groups of people begin saying like, yeah, I'll just I think I'm like for me, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to you know, Menards and Joanne Fabrics and spend $550 on sound, sound stuff. Like, I'll just wait. When that happens, consumption drops, and uh, that that's bad. So you're talking about, like, the housing market. Inflation, it's at 7%. This isn't housing market. This is just generally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because just- I saw this. So this is kind of separate, but um, Dave Ramsey was talking about, like, if you want to buy a house, buy a house now and then refinance later. And I was like, okay. I want to see why he, and so as you guys are talking, I'm like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're talking about separate things, but yeah. I was just connecting. But those, in, those yeah, inflation and deflation pieces, you do hear about them a lot. And it is kind of difficult to understand like, well, why? And I, re, and, and again, I think I maybe said that I've said this someplace somewhat recently behind a camera, but I remember exactly where I was when my dad, I must've been in high school when my dad was talking to me about inflation and deflation. Um, was by the Mickelson ball fields up by North, um, North when he was explaining to me, like, you know, what he was just talking to me about his job and what he does. And, um, yeah, I just, for some reason, I'm like, wait, the best thing you can do when in, in a recession is to spend money. I'm like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. And then he went, he talked to me about, um, you know, inflation and deflation. So anyways, I was like, you're probably 17. So a little bit about a little bit of back backstory here, but yeah, it. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, for, and I don't know why I remember that. By the way, you just remember random things. I have random things that yeah, I remember. Yeah, you just have not like that. I certainly <laughs> don't have an inflation deflation conversation. Yeah, with your dad driving around. So, yeah. so anyways, I know I'm supposed to be um, asking you guys some questions, but just for um, clarification, as we talk about this past week being the Dow was up, like that matters. Not to be confused with um, the Dow company. That right, was which, is, which is like the news company. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. So the Dow, why it matters with what we're talking about is the Dow. It's just basically the most watched stock stock index, right? In the world that combi- combines Microsoft, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Apple. Let me, <laughs> yes. I'm going to, I'm going to make a comparison here. The S and P 500 is the stock market. Yeah. The, the, um, the, uh, the Dow is like the, is like the, the spirit of the stock market. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. That does not make sense to it's, me. It's um, it's like the 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 Dow is the soul of the market. The S and P five hundred is the body, if that makes sense. So, okay, so, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, there's thirty hand picked ones for the Dow when the S and P is five hundred yeah. by market cap. The like the the Dow is like it doesn't really matter that much, but the reason it matters is because people when people think about the market, they're talking about the Dow. So it is like the it is like the soul it is like the heart and soul of like what we know as the market but it's um but by and large you know the the S and P five hundred is a far more um uh it's it's a much better proxy for what like what constitutes the market but yeah the Dow is um 
yeah, I mean, like, you know, when we're on the phones talking to people, what they're talking about is the Dow. You know, it's like, oh, what's the Dow at? And uh, yeah, so that, that's how I that's how I think about it anyway. It's like it matters because people because people think it matters. So it's kind of weird. Okay. But for everyone out there, like what we yeah we we follow most investment professionals follow the um, the S P five hundred. Like that's what yeah that's what we all kind of anchor to versus the Dow. But we know about the Dow because our clients. And, and just people you talk to on the street, it's like, here's what the Dow did. Here's what the S&P, here's what the NASDAQ did. So Awesome. All right. So should we go into balance sheets or should we keep moving? Um, let's keep moving here. So um, I want to talk about the uh, the quote of the week. So Stra- uh, Stanley Drunkenmiller, the man who uh, broke the pound, the English broke the Bank of England and made a billion dollars in the day in the early 90s, which would be like making, I don't know, $5 billion in a day trading, something like that. Just yeah. an, inc- um, an insane trade um he was asked recently on a podcast what the best investment advice that he would give somebody new so this is sums up what he said do not invest in the present the present is not what moves the stock prices i love that quote that's so much what does that even mean so like the market always prices something in the future not in the present Hmm. so they're not it's not like cnbc can report a headline and it doesn't matter because the market's not like, oh, well, I'm inve- like, and not every- like I'm not investing for my present. I'm investing for my future. So you're trying to invest. So when you actually are investing, when you're using it practically, you're trying to invest for your future. So investing in the present doesn't make sense. Yes. Which is why 90% of day traders fail. Yes. It's um, I, that, yeah, again, Stanley Drunk, I mean, f- he, he goes on CNBC, fascinating guy, um, super, super smart. And uh, anyways, I thought, I mean, that's like one of the best what would you just tell somebody? Um, quote. So, anyways, that was a quote of the week. Um, key takeaway from the week. Uh, does anybody have any key takeaways? I certainly Hold have up. one. Can we wait? Can we go back to the quote of the week? Sure. Quickly. So, for our investors, for people who are investing, yes. What should they do with that quote? Because I'm like, oh, that sounds so good, but what <laughs> it, do you do with that? It's just remembering. It's like, yeah, uh, the the markets are forward looking machines. They always have. They always will be. Um, again, I've always told people to, to, to like, to share what this is or like what this means in real life. Apple releases their, their iPhones every September. Everyone knows it. So it's not like Apple releases, like what if the Apple, like, like everyone just knows they're going to, they're releasing iPhones. So it doesn't move the stock price. Why? Because everyone's already, everyone already knows that what they're, what they're thinking about is like, how many iPhones will they sell in the future? Yeah. And so that's like that disconnect. So again, we have a lot of people saying, it's like, you know, we're going into recession. What should we do? It's like, well, and and the Dow was up 14%. So what's happening here is like everyone who's like, like most money is managed by professionals, right? Um, We answer, everyone answers to end clients, um, but everyone's looking forward. So it's like the, the, the more bad news we have, the closer we are to the end. And so, you know, therefore the markets will price in, um, the markets will price in the the rally before it actually happens in real life. Yeah, does that the, make sense? The economic yeah. rally. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard. So basically, you just got to know just the future. Weird. That's what he's saying. Know the future. <laughs> it's uh, the crystal balls. And anecdotally, yeah. you know, some of our best webinars that we do are crystal balls. Crystal ball. Come to our crystal, webinars. <laughs> crystal ball webinars. Which it's not crystal balls. It's like we're not telling you what to do, but you know, here's what we think. Um, here's what we think, and here's how we um we position. So. 
Um, all right, so key takeaway from the week, um, I will go first. Um, you know what I learned last week, and this is, I feel like I've learned this so many times, but it's like, you just never know when the market is going to go up. Yeah. And I, I guess I would just go with mine. Like, I mean, that makes sense. Like you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you never know the future. So timing it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I'm just amazed. I'm like, wow. Like the best, there's so many market breaking things, but, um, it, yeah, it's just, yeah, again, I was I, I was just reminded of that. You just never know. You've got to stay in the game um, because you never know when the market is just going to go boom. Yeah. Chris, what about you? What was your key takeaway? My key takeaway last week was I should have sprayed my lawn last <laughs> month. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at it, and my lawn looks so sad, but anyways. Yes. Well, you definitely, I will say, as somebody who knows a lot, you kind of missed the boat, but <laughs> there's always, no hey, there's always, there's always next year. Okay. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up. So when's Good. when's the time to spray your lawn with September. nitrogen? September. Yep, that's everybody it. listening. Yep, <laughs> that, that take it from Tom. And He's a lawn you, expert. If you have any questions on lawns, just let me know. Yeah, just call him. Yeah. All right. My 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 key takeaway. Um, I'd say just like the, the bad news is good news. It kind of goes off what sure. you're just saying, yeah. but like the bad yeah. news is good news. Like if the like what you just said, markets are forward pricing. So when you hear bad news, it's kind of in some backwards way. That's good news for the stocks. In some way. Yeah. You know, obviously the timing, th- there's just too many things being priced in Yeah, that you can't be for certain that the one bad news is going to actually lead to a 6% rally. But like there might be instances where that does happen. There might be other instances where it doesn't. But like I think we're in a period where it's like the bad news is really good news. And good news is bad news. When you see like the jobs oh, report come out, that's tough. really good. That's bad news because that means the economy isn't slowing like the Fed wants it to. So that's my key takeaway. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, um, we're actually going to, we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Um, thank you to everyone out there in, uh, just in listener land, as I, as I always call you. Hope in the you, listener metaverse. In the, in the, yeah. <laughs> it, is a little, it is a little meta, right? Um, we thank you for your time. Uh, we hope you appreciated the show. Um, we've learned, we learned a lot last week. Again, um, thank you, uh, Jacob and Carissa. Dan, in the, like a thief in the night, he was producing until he wasn't. And, yep. uh, he is, he is no longer here. So thank you guys so much though, for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, shoot us an email at laminate, uh, podcast, laminate money, podcast. laminate money podcast at fialcapital.com. That's the worst email. It'll be, address. In, the, it'll be in the show notes. A, yeah. It's such a bad email address. With the hoops we had to jump through to get that. I'm not going back. I'm not <laughs> yeah, backing out on it. It could be one of the worst email addresses ever. So anyways, uh, thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>